Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical's JRPG Club. This is a podcast where my friends and I talk all about the JRPG game that we're playing. Currently, we're playing through Final Fantasy X, and today I have with me Brandon. What's up, Final Fantasy friends? David. Hello, everyone. Job. Greetings. And representing for the ladies and the newbies today, Stephanie. Hello. Uh, <clears throat> so, as you guys know, our f- next stopping point, or ex- actually the current stopping point that we're talking about, was when you hear the term Evray. Um, the last one was when we got to Makalania Woods. So we went through Makalania. A shit ton of stuff happened. I'm going to try to summarize really quick. And then I'm going to talk to uh, you guys about how you feel about the game so far, what's been happening, um, you know, how you feel about the characters, how you feel about the story, how you feel about the gameplay, difficulty, all that great Great, wonderful stuff. Uh, so first up, a quick uh, summary of everything that went down. <clears throat> so first, the group makes their way through Makalania Woods, and we're taken to this lake area. Uh, Makalania Woods, I got lost in. Just FYI, it's stupid. Um, but we're taken to this lake area where we found out where we find out where some of the... Um, what were they called? The spheres, I think? What the spheres are made yeah, of? Yeah, the Jex spheres, or the Braska spheres. Yeah, right, we recorded find out spheres. Th- that's what the recorded spheres are made of, and then we do an elemental boss battle, which I also want to talk about, um, with that, that thing that you couldn't scan. Yeah, um, that was annoying. And then we receive Jex spear, uh, and then we watch the sphere, and we see that it's the time that Jekt, Braska, and Oren were all doing their pilgrimage to defeat Sin at the time. And Jekt leaves the sphere for his son Titus, um, Titus, excuse me. And he says, lastly, that he believes in him, and uh, he tells him to be good, and he says goodbye. Um, and I, I thought it was really interesting to see the parallel between Titus and Jekt's, um storyline and the way that their characters um have gone so it's almost as if jack already knew that um if titus saw this that he was going through the same exact thing so before actually i do the summary i kind of just want to break it down and talk about these parts uh so instead of continuing on with the summary first does anybody want to talk about that stupid ass boss battle that elemental boss battle and how y'all felt about it (laughs) it is anti-fun i would describe that boss fight Anti-fun, yes. <laughs> like, and it's like, and it's trial and error too, because you don't know what it's weak to until you actually hit it with the spell. So it's like you're gonna heal it. I mean, you'll do more damage once you actually figure out what spell it's weak to. But otherwise, it's just like it feels like a guessing game, and it's just like, oh, what was you if you don't have Lulu in that battle? By the way, because you know, magic, magic girl for life. But yeah, literally Lulu only. Lulu only, like Titus yeah. to cast the speed on her, maybe uh, Yuna just to keep uh, Lulu healthy, but that's it. That's just, you know, guess the spell and then fire. That's it. That's the battle. Maybe a little Kimari if, you, if you're if you like me and have Kimari with some black magic, but that's about it. I do have him in a little black magic, but I think the thing that upset me the most about that battle is that it doesn't even fucking matter what you do, because I thought that the, the colors of the enemy would change based on, like, the element or something. <laughs> think, right? And that shit stayed the same color. It was, like, blue or light blue. And I was like, what? It yeah. has to be, like, water or, or blizzard. And it was, like, fire. And it did a fire spell. I was like, how the fuck? You still blue, bro. Like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite boss fights in the game for sure. It sucked because it was like if you hit it with, for example, Blizzard or Blizzara, 
then it would switch and then you're like, okay, so maybe it won't be Blizzara again. And then you hit it with something else. And it was like, they, it will sometimes the elements would be doubled. So it's, it would be, it would absorb water and water twice. So it's like, it really was about trial and error. That's what was so annoying about it. And uh, it hit really hard. When it became that big block thing, it hit really hard. Like, it literally slammed everyone. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of damage, bitch. Calm down. Like, I'm not I'm not here for it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was probably one of my least favorite boss battles going uh, so far, just because it was so unpredictable. Like, I, I was, we were talking a little bit earlier before the podcast, and I was talking about how I think that the game is about uh, strategy. But that one, there really isn't strategy. It's much more like random good luck. Like, pay, you have to get hit first. <laughs> Uh, to you figure could, out what you the could hell actually do. Just yeah, that's true. They did cast a spell to give you the hint, but that was about it. You had to, you either had to hit it and heal it, or wait. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't actually have to hit it with magic for him. Like for me, I I hit him with Titus almost every time to literally bait whatever the counter is. That's a good way to do it too. Yeah, that's, that's that'll that's the telegraph. And this whatever is, yeah. just do opposite. <laughs> Veteran Job showing us all that we're noobs and we suck. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but that, that's actually uh, really great advice. I wish you would have told me when I was playing it. <clears throat> Instead, you want me to just continue to heal this thing. What'd you say? I don't think I was there that time. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, I can still use some advice, you know? I'm, 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 I'm low-key noobish. Um, so, speaking of, after that boss battle, like I said, we saw the Jack Sphere, and we saw the message that Jack left to uh, his son Titus when he was traveling with Braska and Oren. Does anybody want to talk about that? Um, just that this time I want to actually see if I can find those spears because that's just something I always meant to do in my playthroughs, but I never actually did. And you get overdrives for Orin for finding those spears and a little bonus plot stuff. I just never did it. So I'm going to try to do that this time and see what happens. I didn't even know that was a thing. I think Job told me like when it <laughs> happened and I was like, I'm not going to go look for those. Like, <laughs> If they're not it's right in front of my face. It's easier to okay. go around spear later. Let me just say that, but that's about yeah. it. I just never did it. Um, anything else on that that little tidbit? Honestly, I forgot what what he said in it. Uh, it was Girl basically fame. him. It was basically him uh, talking about you know going on this adventure, and then he's gonna go home and tell Titus all about um, you know what happened when he was in Spira when he got back to Xanarkin, and then it was a realization that he's not gonna go home. And then once he had that realization, he decided that he was gonna spend his time helping Braska uh, figure out how to defeat Sin. And then he left the spear talking to Titus in which he tells him, you know, you're my son. I believe in you. Uh, be good. And this is probably one of the first times that we see Jack actually not being a dick to Titus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a big turning point for his character, for sure. I don't yeah. know why. I just pers- personally, even though... Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys talked about it in the last podcast because I didn't actually hear it yet. But I remember that he supposedly hated his dad because his dad was the reason why the mom didn't pay attention to him yeah that's what he said okay okay Mm -hmm. first of first of all (laughs) that's the mom's fault that is not the dad's fault the mom mom is the one who decided to give her full undivided attention to a man instead of her child so number one that makes no sense facts number two i feel like jack just gave tough love okay so so do i yeah, I feel like he was never, at least for me, I never feel like he had ill intent towards his son or like that he was trying to, I guess, like make his son feel bad. I just think he gave him tough love. And I don't know, I never personally had a problem with Jack yet. I don't know if maybe 
later on he'll be more of a dick. I have no idea. <laughs> but like as of right now, I feel like he's not as bad as maybe some people portray him to be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's because Titus is a crybaby, and Jack always tell Ty- tells Titus, like, bruh, you're Bro. a crybaby. Stop being Ooh, a crybaby. Wanna, can I say something real quick that I just found out recently? I found, like, I found a YouTube video about Final Fantasy X. I found out that you can actually scan your own party members, and they actually give oh, you a little yeah. blurb on the characters. I showed, um, I showed Job. I'll, say, I'll actually share it in the chat, too. Or you can share it. Wait, what does it do? It scans what? That's cool. You can, so scan, of course, you can scan enemies. That's what it's built for. But you can, but if you actually think to use it on your party members, you can actually get a little information on your party members as well if you scan them. Mm-hmm. And it straight up mentions, like, if you scan T, it's that he's a crybaby. It does. He is. Which, oh, oh, by the way, by the way, I did, I did mention his <laughs> scan coming for him, for real. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I noticed that Jekt on his on his chest he had the same tattoo of like the necklace the symbol, that Titus yes. has or Titus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like he takes his dad with him. Huh? Oh my god! Yes. Never noticed that either. I was just gonna say I don't know what kind of significance that has in the story, but you're right. It's almost as if he takes his dad with him. Look at you. where were you last time, Dad? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Honestly, I was with my dad. You guys decided to do it on Father's oh, Day. Oh, true. I'm so sorry. Look at us. That's why I talk so much <laughs> Look- <shit> about Jack. <laughs> Record on Father's Day about bad dads. Yeah, that that was pretty much that. Uh, so next, uh, we got to the hotel, uh, and then Yuna meets Trommel. And and we talked about last time, you know, the proposal from uh, uh, Seymour to Yuna. So Yuna meets Trommel um, there tr- after she's decided that she is going to go through with this marriage to Seymour, which, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all know is a horrible idea. Uh, but whatever. She decides for whatever reason that she's going to do it. And they are attacked by the Albed. And uh, once the party defeats the, the uh, enemy... Um, oh, by the way, uh, really quick, did anybody want to talk about that boss battle? With that stupid ass machine with and the, the magic nullifier, <laughs> yeah, the magic nullifier and the machina. It's um, kind of annoying, but not as bad as Spearmorph, the spear thing. Yeah, I mean, it was I okay. I died my first time doing it. Um, and then the second time, I kind of knew, like, I kind of developed a strategy. I forgot what strategy I used because, like, PTSD. But um, <laughs> 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 but I know, like, the second time around, I did much better. But what pisses me off is how much Waka hates Albed. Like, that's what I took from that battle. I wasn't even mad at the fight. I was just mad at Waka. Because he's oh, a pissy yeah. ass hoe. And he literally <laughs> reminds me of every religious person that decides to, like, um, what is it called? Like, shun anybody who's different from them or who follows something opposite to what they follow. Like, not everyone has to be a Yevonite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has to follow what you follow just because they follow something different doesn't mean they're any like less than you i don't know waka is on my shit list i'm sorry <laughs> no i mean yeah. you're not alone because right after this that's when um it is revealed that riku is an albed to waka and even titus is like you know you had absolutely no problem with her before you found out and now all of a sudden you're being a dick like you're being a little bitch and he has a horrible bitch fit and everyone's just like oh my god calm down literally everyone's just like dude calm down it's not that serious and it really reminds me of like those people that go around their bikes like the jehovah witness on sundays and they're like be wait the bike do you know oh oh, oops Sorry, all you JWs and Mormons, but look, on Sunday when you come knocking on my door, I pretend I'm not home. But that's literally what he's like. Like, look, do you know that Yevon, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
Honestly, I don't even care if you're super religious. It, it's what bothers me is what bothered Riku. It's like, bruh, Jevin says this, Yevon says that. Like you're literally a mindless drone. Exactly. Yeah. She does she mention that. Facts. Yep. When can you think that, for I yourself? She says. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. she she even asked, like they ask each other, well, how do you know? Well, how do you know? And then she yeah she like Brandon said she says you know <laughs> can you think for yourself? Um, and I think it's a very good um parallel of religion. You know, yes, you can believe, you can be a, a very religious person, but that doesn't mean that you can't also you know think. Um, and and that definitely doesn't mean that you should shun an entire people. Like Waka is literally racist as fuck. Like <laughs> that's just it. Like I'm super racist. Think for themselves. Like they call them out for it earlier in Operation Meehan, when mm-hmm. Yuna's like, oh, I understand Yevon says this, but I think everyone understands, for the greater good, you know, yeah. common mm-hmm. goal, let's mm-hmm. try to do this, whatever, think for ourselves. Exactly. Wait, isn't also Yuna a part Albed? Isn't someone her Yes, family? so yeah. they bring it up later, and I was going to bring it up as well, but uh, Riku's dad and um, Yuna's mom are brother and sister. So okay, see? Yuna is um, half Albed, and that's why Rico and Yuna are cousins. And yeah. later on, actually, at the end of this this um, session, Waka does find out. He's like, "What? He said oh, okay, is, is that is that does <laughs> that mean oh, that I got Yuna's a lot to say about Albed? Waka as this podcast goes on? Waka is getting on my <laughs> goddamn Waka's character probably that's goes through one. the most in this in this session that we played through. Like it's jarring, but we'll, 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 we'll touch on that later. And there are points where I feel for him, but then I'm just like, nah, but you're still a racist prick. Uh, so after that, <laughs> after this conversation, you're able to ride on the sled um, towards the temple uh, with the Cloister of Trials. Uh, and I did want to bring this up a little bit because I know that you can have different people depending on background relationships uh, that you can't see within the game based on things that you do. So I personally rode with Riku, but I wanted to know who you guys rode with. Lulu. Lulu here. I rode with Lulu. Dang. So I'm the only person who rode with Riku? Cool. So, so Darrell, tell us what happens... Yeah, yeah. Tell us what happens with, uh, when you ride with Riku since none of us yes. else did. Okay, and then one of you have to tell me what happens when you ride with uh, Lulu. So sure. when you ride with Riku, um, she talks to Titus, her and Titus are having a conversation, and she reveals that the Albed want to protect all the summoners because they sacrifice themselves to bring happiness to Spira through the pilgrimage. That's what she says to Titus. And Wait. um Well, yeah. Go ahead, go on. Then Titus says, sacrifice themselves, what do you mean? And then she says, oh, you know, it just, it it takes a lot out of you. Um, and then she also talks about how, I, I believe it was now that she also talks about how Yuna's her cousin as well. She mentions that um, Yuna's mom and her dad are brother and sister. Um, so not only do we find out that how Yuna and Riku are, are related, but we also find out that, um, you know, summoners are going to sacrifice themselves, which is a little bit of a spoiler, because later on, as we do find out, um, the summoners do die once they do the final summon, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but yeah, that's what happens when you ride with Riku now. Um, so what's tell me what happens when you ride with Lulu? I can, if you want. I also looked up what happens if you ride with Orin and Kimari, so I can touch on those a little as well. Please, I didn't even know there were options. Oh, yes, they, I they didn't are. even know there were options. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of four people. It could be Riku, Lulu, Arn, or Kimari that you can go down the mountain with. So if you go with Lulu, basically they're you know they're talking about what Waka said to Riku, and as they're having this uh, this talk, uh, you guys can fill in the links if I miss anything. But they're having that conversation. Tina's is like, well, you know what's the problem, right? To uh, to Waka, she's just another out bed, 
And then Lulu talks about how she likes Riku and like no one it's it's pretty clear that no one else has a problem with Riku besides Waka, like none of them. And as they're having this conversation about like, you know, Waka hates the Albed because they because they use the forbidden machina and they think they'll never be able to repent for their sins with sin. And then Titus offhand mentions about how much he's upset that um, Sin is his dad, which Lulu doesn't hear, thankfully. But then he asks the question, hey, um, do you think it's possible for people to become Sin? And then she says she's not really sure, but but anything is anything is possible, I suppose. And that's more or less it. Did I miss anything from the Lulu conversation? Mm, no, I think you got it. Okay, and yeah, just real brief, yeah, if you go Arn, it's mostly the same thing, where they once again talk about how Sin is how Sin is jacked, and once again, shitting on Waka, because Arn is cool with uh, with Riku, and the last <laughs> one, if you, happen, if you happen to go with Kimari, Kimari is actually really cute, it doesn't really add it much, but it's cute, because again, if you talk to Kimari, it's like, so what do you think of Riku Kimari, and Kimari says, Riku Kimari friend, you Kimari friend too. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Which obviously that's something that Kimari would say that often. But if you got enough influence in that, by this point of the game that you're riding with him, then it's a then it's a appropriate statement, I think. That all sounds adorable. <laughs> like everyone's, yeah. uh, it sounds like a really good uh, progression. That is where we see the Jiskel sphere in its entirety for the first time. Um, and and I'll, actually, so something else that struck me was that once you get there as well, um, the the person in the temple, I, I don't know what they're called, but one of the people in the temple literally says to Riku, the likes of you aren't welcome here. And I was like, damn, y'all just like all Yevonites are racist as fuck. Like she and then, you know, they mentioned, well, you know, she's a she's a, uh, a guardian. That's why she's here. But. It was really interesting to also see that racism outside of just Waka, you know, like, okay, this is like a worldwide thing. People really hate on the outbed. Um, I love how, I love how when they say that she's a guardian, the guy can't even conceive as like an outbed guardian. <laughs> He's like, why? My mind is blown. Um, so then, like I said, we, we do see the Jiskel sphere. It's shown at the time. And then he finally tells the truth about Seymour. Um, and he also says, I mean, first of all, real quick, when your dad says that he can feel the flames of darkness burning in your heart, bitch, it's time for you to go. Like, if your dad says that about you, <laughs> like, that's it. You, we're done here. We find out that he's using Yevon. We find out that Seymour is using Yevon and the Guado and the Summoners, and that if he isn't stopped, he is going to bring destruction and chaos to Spear. Jiskel um, says that he's going to leave this world killed by his own son Seymour, and it's because he couldn't protect Seymour and his mother from the cruel world, and his dying wish was for someone to stop Seymour. So, of course, Yuna has seen this, and uh, we find out that uh, I'm assuming that Yuna is, you know, attempting to stop. Seymour by agreeing to the wedding, which we we do find out during the uh, big boss fight with Seymour. But which can I just say something? Mm -hmm, of course. Oh my god! When she was like, "I came to stop you," I was like, "Yes, bitch." Yes, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And they yes. all surrounded her. I was like, "All right, you guys reeled me back in. You reeled me back Aww. in." <laughs> so, um, something else I wanted to mention about this as we look at the Jessica Sphere is that, and you guys, uh, veterans and people who played before have to, you know, tell me what's up. But when his dad mentions that it, he, Seymour is this way because he couldn't protect Seymour and his mother because Seymour is the first half Guado, half human. 
Yeah. Um, so does that mean that this is also like a race issue as well? And that's why uh, Seymour has felt so outcast because he's not fully human and he's not fully Guado and uh, he's the only one of his kind. Uh, so I'm assuming that that's what the game is hinting at. Race is definitely a part of it. <clears throat> there's another. Yeah. There's another. There's another aspect to it that does get addressed a little bit later in regards to Seymour's overall motivations. Okay. But part of it definitely is, you know. The fact that he had to deal with so much racism shit in the beginning in his life, that is. I think that is yeah, so interesting. I, they hint I mean, at it. I get that. I get that. But I also feel like it's it's nature versus nurture. Because it's, yes, he could have been, for example, outcasted for being the only one of his kind. But at the same time, if he already had that hate and already that... Um, I don't know that intent. He was always going to do bad, no matter what. It was almost almost like an excuse. I feel like, oh, this was why I became this way. Mm. This is why I killed my father. This is why I'm who I am because of being outcasted for so long, which could be true. Because I mean, you see the Albed being outcasted like presently, but I don't know. I just feel like he was just always a bad seed. Yeah, I, I mean, he probably my, was that's for my sure. Take. For sure. Jump, were you saying something? Um, just on the racial thing that they do hint at it before when they mentioned that his dad was the initial bridge between guado and humans yeah at there being you know racism towards that end as well towards guados and his dad is the reason that the guado are yevonites correct like he brought them to the religion as well. yeah he introduced yevon to the guado yes so then once we find all that out, Oren's like, oh shit, bitch, we gotta go fucking save Yuna. And he's like, I don't give a fuck, we gonna kill everybody. And then Waka's like, but Seymour, he's a master. And Oren's like, who gives a fuck? And then they run in there. Um, oh, man. And they knock that old ass dude over. They run inside there. We find Yuna with Seymour. And I mean, Seymour does not give two fucks. Like literally when they're talking to him, he's just like, okay, what of it? Yes, I did that. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I I did it. He honestly doesn't care. It's great. I don't give a fuck. And he was, and then they were like, so uh, you're going to, some shit, which was like, you know, you're going to kill us. And he was like, all right, well, I'll kill all of you. And I was like, oh, he really don't (laughs) give a fuck. (laughs) Like this dude is horrible. And then we had that big ass Seymour fight. So uh, I do want to take some time just to talk about that fight for a little bit. Uh, And I'll go first um so i struggled a little bit i think this is one of the hardest fights in the game i did struggle a little bit because i didn't know how to stop the henchmen from using auto potion for the longest time because when you scan them it literally just says figure out a way to stop them so at first they just kept using it and i was like oh my gosh i can't one hit ko them like i literally don't know what to do so i ended up uh, and i want to ask what everybody did i ended up using riku's steel to steal the potions from them until they stopped using them That's 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 the strat but i don't know if you guys did something else so what did you guys do so first of all Jarrell, when you told me that Riku is like one of your go-to, I am actually shocked to hear that that wasn't your first idea to steal the potions from the Guados. I didn't know. I thought I could like, you know, silence them or something. And I thought that it was one of those, like, no matter how many you steal, they're just going to keep coming back. Like, I thought it was like a recurring potion thing. So I was like, eh. And then I I think I I stole like twice, I think, from them maybe. And then they stopped using them. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so are you asking about, like, what's our strategy just for that portion of the fight or the fight in general? I mean, just for that, but then also the fight in general. Um, okay. I'll talk about that portion real quick. Yeah, um, I think 
uh, I think back in the day, I also struggled with that because back when I was a little kid, I didn't use Rico that much. I use her a lot more these days, but like, uh, so yeah, I went straight for the potions immediately for that, for that fight. I love that this fight is in three different phases and second one is probably the hardest one. The third one can also get you if you're not prepared, but yeah, just do the potions, take out the guardians. And then, uh, next phase of the fight goes on. And I just want to say that after that scene, like early in our earlier playthroughs, after seeing Anima just like rip through all those fiends in the field by itself, and then he summons it to fight you. I remember back in the day, I was like, huh? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> same. I, so I was doing this fight and I completely forgot that he pulls up Anima to fight you. So I was like halfway through it. I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then he did his summit and I was like, bitch, what? And then Anima hit me like one time on my highest level character, I'm highest uh, health character, which was Oren. Like, complete death. And I was like, whoa, I am not at all <laughs> ready for this. Uh, but Steph and Job, how did you guys how did you guys handle the um, henchmen in the battle? Do you want to go first? Oh, okay then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, for me, I actually had forgotten this fight a little bit since it's been so long since I played. But since I actually played the Final Fantasy Record Keeper mobile game, and it plays through a lot of these storylines, uh, the hint that the game would give you every single time the fight came up is to try and petrify the henchmen. So what mm. I did was use Kimari's limit break, stone breath, and just one shot at them because it oh, petrified them. Check. I don't know if that's considered cheating or not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, uh, awesome. David did have to step out, unfortunately, so that's why you guys aren't hearing from him anymore. Goodbye, David. We love you. Um, <laughs> Steph, how did you Aww, how did you handle it? All right, I have a lot to say about this battle. Because yeah, and I mean, this you can go battle... into what happened as well. Like, you can just keep going. <sighs> this battle really made me just want to throw my PS4. Oh no! The wall <laughs> because it was really frustrating. So I go into the battle the first time. And I, by the way, okay, so coming from someone who just doesn't play games that much, I just don't have a strategy for things. So I was just like, um, I noticed with the sensor on, I think it had it on Lulu, um, when I would Seymour would attack with like a certain um, technique, he would do, I think, ice, lightning, water, fire. So I would... Do, I would like use Yuna to um, protect my characters, right? Okay, every goddamn time that I hit those fucking henchmen or whatever they are, and they brought out that potion, I was like, dude, how am I supposed to beat them? I was at the same, I was like, I, mind you, my characters weren't getting any type of damage on them because I was protecting them, mm -hmm. but those motherfuckers wouldn't die. So I was there for like 20 minutes. 20 fucking minutes okay so i i i was exhausting all my options i was mm -hmm. like okay i'm gonna hit them with lindara or whatever okay i even brought out my summons which was oh, like wow <laughs> like yes i even brought out my summons because i was like that's the only way i'm gonna one shot them because i don't know how else to one shot them did it work um okay so yes so I, I managed, I like did the overdrive. Like that's how desperate I was. Oh I did God, the overdrive. Yeah, <laughs> Damn, girl. Okay, wait, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm sorry. I killed the first one, the first henchman with um 
my one one of my summons. I think it was with Valifor. Mm-hmm. But then Seymour one shot at Valifor, so Valifor went down. So then I brought Ifrit. I brought Ifrit out. And so then Ifri, I did the overdrive and I like oh, went through all I your like, summons. I went through all of my summons. I really did. I think I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I went through all of them. So anyway, then I um what's it called? Then what did I do? Oh, he, okay, so he throws Ifrit throws them into the air and fire or whatever, and like he slams them down. The henchman is dead. Seymour is like 3,000 down, right? Mm-hmm. So then Seymour's like, feel my pain. And I was like, oh shit, did I fuck up? Like, <laughs> was I not supposed to use? Was I not supposed to use this? And then he brought out that big ass fucking um, Aeon, or however you say it. And I was like, holy shit, that thing one shot at Ifrit. Mm-hmm. I brought in I brought in Ixian or whatever, one shot at him too. Ouch. All I had left was the question mark one. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> brought her out. One shot at her. No. Oh my god. What? (laughs) Like that's how I beat her. It was bad. No. And then I was like, okay, so I finally, I I like managed to hit him a little bit with my summon, and then I hit like Orin and stuff. And so he hits on Overdrive, and he brings them all down. He kills. I don't know. He kills like two of my characters. And I have one character left. I'm using Phoenix down on the ones that are down, and it's just a fucking mess. I finally beat Anima. Okay. I'm like, I did it, guys. I, I'm done. I just had to fight Seymour. <laughs> Seymour one-shots two of the people I still have alive, and then I die. No! And I'm like, dude, I went through I went through so much trouble. <laughs> so much tr- I was literally, like, I was in that battle for easily 45 minutes. I was so pissed off. And that's when I messaged you. I was like, dude, I fucking hate this game. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand this shit. I yeah. can't do it. I'm not going to make it. It's a no-go for me. Yeah. But then you guys gave me the technique about Riku. And I was like, okay. So the second time around, I did that. Um, but I still ended up dying. It took me four times to finally beat him. Oh, my gosh. That's commitment. Okay. I was. I am so proud of you, hard. honestly. I am so proud of you. It was hard. And I was just like, dude, I cannot. I don't know how people can do this. I don't know how people can continue playing this game with this being so fucking hard. And then when he was dead, everybody was sad. And then they started, like, chasing us. And I was like, bro, give me a break. How many more <laughs> things do I need to do? God damn. You can't like, get a break when you're on the live. run, Steph. You can't get a break when you're on the run. God damn. The only thing I'm good at is those goddamn cloister trials. That's it. I'm sick at everything else. I hate those. Uh, and that's what we were talking about a little bit before the podcast. I do think that... Um, this game is very much uh, surrounded by strategy. So I, I think it's less difficult and more like time consuming when you have to think of things. But I do agree that one of the worst things is when you spend a really long ass time on a battle and then you die and you have to go back and redo it. And also this game does not have a skip cut scene. So you have to yes. sit through the same fucking <laughs> talks all the time every time you die. And that spamming. shit sucks. Uh, like, you guys I was spamming my, my X button. button. Yeah, that shit sucks. Cause you cannot and the worst this. part is that like before you get into the Seymour battle, like there's two chests in that little um temple, and then you have to you go have to into another them. room, and then another room, and you have to watch Jack's fear. I mean, not Jack's fear. I'm sorry, the dad's fear. I forgot his Jiskel. name. His Jiskel's fear. I watched it four fucking times. Oh I can probably God. memorize it in my head. <laughs> it's like yes, I understand. Can you just let me fight him already, please? 
You know, actually, so I forgot, like, completely that anime comes out. Not only did I forget that, I forgot that um, Yuna had Shiva, who is my favorite summon. Like, literally, Final Fantasy X Shiva is my favorite design for her ever. Um, She's beautiful. I, I literally love it. I, like, legit, the the um, the overdrive for her is one of the best ones. When she snaps her fucking that fingers, snap. I'm just like, that's so oh, iconic. Oh, I did that. I did that on anime. Yes. It is literally so iconic. Like, best shit ever. Yes. One of my favorite summons, period. Period. She's really good, she and that's yes. on period. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I forgot that she was here. So literally, I was going into this anima fight without summoning, and somebody died the first time. So I used life on them, and we did. A, I'm a little proud of myself. We did a decent amount of damage to anima before I was like, okay, but I can't keep doing this because I'm running out of MP. So I went to summons, and I was like, what the fuck is this question mark? Oh shit, <laughs> like it's Shiva. Pulled her out. She did 999 damage. We fucked his ass up. And then, um, <laughs> right once Anima died, um, fucking Seymour one shotted her. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, he really, he one shotted, he really did. He like, really she did. Just took down Anima and he one shot to my summon. And I was like, you little bitch. I was about to fucking snap on your ass again. Um, but yeah, uh, to me, it wasn't that bad once I figured out the mechanic. I was just like, damn, how, yeah. what is the mechanic? Uh, Joe, did you want to yeah. weigh in on the battle at all before we continue? Mm, no, you guys pretty much got it covered. I, I kind of breezed through it, I'm not going to lie, because I've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> I don't know how you even did it. Like, after the fourth time, like, I'm never playing this game ever. Like, this is kind of the only rundown I'll do. I'm never doing this again. No way. Yeah. No way. So then, uh, after Wait, hang this, on. I got, uh-huh. some, I got one more thing to say oh, about yes, Anima. Um, actually, it's a question for everyone. Did everyone? Did anyone get the uh, the three talk prompts you can get with Seymour for this fight? I did. Yes. And I yes. Did all three. It, it I'm increased sure or Oh, trust me. I, <laughs> didn't I tell you? I tried everything. Yes. Everything. <laughs> I I absolutely love all the three talk prompts that they give you for this fight. Like Titus is basically saying, "I knew you were shit all along." Yep. Seymour is like, yep. "Oh, Which, nice." Yes. He, By the <laughs> way, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Yuna is just talking about her resolve and Seymour's just being creepy. But Waka's is my favorite because Seymour doesn't, doesn't even respond even to respond Waka's to like, him. Let's, let's stop this, please. Oh, I can't believe it. That was so funny. Like, I will not lie. When I did that and then you just see the, the ellipses, like the three dots because Seymour doesn't even acknowledge him. I was like, damn, bro. He has something to say to Titus and Yuna. He has nothing to say to Waka. And it's like, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about you, bro. But Steph, you had something to say. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. That scene, I think, is what kind of solidified me liking Titus. Wow. I don't know okay. what it was because it was just like, because he was just he he has his moments, you know. But when he was like there, like trying to protect Yuna, and like, I don't know, I don't know. I just I feel like that from that scene forward, and when he would pretend he when he was like defending Riku, I was like, all right, I I, I kind of like him. Like he's not as bad. He's a good guy. I think he was just, I think the problem was he was really dumb, but like I, like I mentioned, like on previous podcasts, the game kind of makes him that way so that we can get acclimated to the world and like we learn with him. Um, but now that he kind of knows, you know, what's going on and we, we pulled out his character and he's not like, oh, the sin talks and bullshit anymore. Like now he's developing. I think he's, he's much better, you know, like I like yeah. him as well. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> we defeat Seymour, and unfortunately, we aren't able to send him because Trommel comes in with all the other Guado, and they take his mm-hmm. dead ass body away. And uh, Riku is like, "Oh, but we can just uh, no." Then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go 
uh, tell the other maesters about what you did, and Guado take care of Guado affairs, and um, you guys are going to be in trouble, blah blah blah, because Trauma's a little snitch bitch. And then wait, um, which mm-hmm. which by the way, to me, what I'm getting from that is that they're taking him away to probably revive him. He's gonna come back probably like undead or some shit. Yeah. So actually, what happens? I know you're uh, you're right there from finishing this point, but I am gonna spoil you a little bit because we it's are okay. gonna talk about it. Yeah. So that's actually what happens. Seymour is back and he's dead, and we're gonna talk about it a little bit towards the end as well. Really? Um, he's yes. undead. He is. Yep. Walking around. Oh and my totally god. Mentioned it. Oh my god. Yes. So also, uh, well, sorry, let me continue in order. Uh, the Guado take him away and then um, Trommel and Riku's like, oh, we can just show the maester the, the uh, Jiskel sphere. And Trommel's like, no, you can't. And he crushes it. So now all our fucking evidence is gone. Um, and then we become fugitives on the run because now all the maesters are going to know what's happening and they're probably not going to let us into any other temples. And uh, we do have that conversation as well about, um, you know, well, actually before that, the course of trials happens. This one was probably the easiest one. Um, did anybody want to weigh in on this one really quick? I think it is the easiest one to, if you're just trying to finish it, but it's the hardest if you're trying to get the Destruction Spear. I took forever getting that one. I ain't gonna lie. I cheated during the Destruction Spear part, but I did <laughs> get the first part super easy. It was so easy for me. Yeah, yeah the actual but... test itself is nothing. She's got this like damn a... Destruction Spear, man. She is wow. a, a master at Cloister of Trials. I love it. The yeah. only thing that pissed me off, which I was telling you earlier, but I obviously didn't tell like the pe- the listeners, but tell me, okay, so I I, I make it. I get the whole <laughs> goddamn ramp. And the whole bridge is ready to go. I'm ready to pass through it, make my way downtown, and then I fucking run so fast. I step on the little on the little um square. Reset Everything it. turns white. <laughs> it fucking resets. I was like, oh. my life flashed before my eyes. I had to do oh everything God. all over again. Bro, when I say I was livid, I was so... I was like, why is everything going wrong right now? Why would you guys place this so yep. close to the <laughs> stairs? <laughs> why? As far as why? Design, you did this on purpose. Yeah, yeah, bad placement. I completely agree. I almost stepped on it, but I did not, thank God. But I like, I almost stepped on it as well. So I, I, I don't feel I your did. pain. Because Job also stepped on it, so he can feel your pain. I, I also had to suffer. <clears throat> yeah, that's... Uh, I think they were just like, you know, you just sat through this Seymour shit. Here, do this three more times. Yep. <laughs> so then uh, we continue on, and we're running. The Guado are chasing us. We have to fight a few on the way out. And then we fight another boss, which is a Wendigo. Um, and uh, do you guys want to... Anybody had any issues with that one? Uh, I wanted to talk about that chase sequence real quick oh, yeah. because right before you start running, Owaka's there and he's like, boy, you really fucked up this time. You want to buy something real quick? And then his ass literally oh, yeah. away. Yeah, and then like, as soon as the Guadalupe <laughs> starts chasing he's just, he's just out. He touches, the, he touches the spear and he's like, peace, you're on your own now. I know. I was like, <laughs> like Dude, he to this day, that chase scene is so tense because the music is like intense and they're just like running behind you and no matter how fast you run, at least one of them is going to catch you. Yep. Oh, Chances are, if you're it's your first time, two of them will ha- will catch you. But I managed to only get through with like one fight. But it's so tense. They're just like there's so many of them, and then like one of them is like hoofing it. Like he's like, no, he's gonna get me now. The good thing now though is that um, like ah. the good thing now though is that you know what to do for their auto potions at this point. Yeah, True. exactly. <laughs> also, just like a little bit out of con- not too out of context, but kind of out of context. 
I will give credit to the creators of this game because the scenery when we, you had to like cross through that little ice bridge, like you know where they were um mm-hmm. chasing you by. Well, the first time when it was like peaceful and you were going to the temple, mm-hmm. that whole like how it goes around and you get to see. I don't know. I think that the graphics and like the the idea behind how pretty it looked was really good. I don't know. I appreciate. It. I was like, oh. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. you know, I, I I think one of my favorite things about Final Fantasy X is uh, I think the music is gorgeous, um, and I think it's perfect. I think there are lots of scenes where the music really amps up what's happening in the situation. I think the hymn is beautiful. I love the battle theme, um, and like the 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 settings that we go through as we travel. You know, we went from Kilika, which is a beautiful island in Besaid, um, and now we're in like a frozen Iceland and the gorgeous design of Shiva. Yeah, and I. I, I, and I'm so happy you said that because what is this a 19 year old game at this point? Yeah. Um. So you can really tell what was put into you know the work and effort that was put into this, and I, I think that's a great way to um, thank you. But uh, that's cool to appreciate those types of things. Oh yeah, did anybody have any trouble with the Wendigo? I, I just you know when it was raging, I just did Asuna, so it wasn't raging anymore. Yeah, same here. Like, you do you not know. want to get hit by yeah, that thing exactly. when it's raging. Oof. Yep. When it was berserk, it would, no, it would one shot you. It would one shot yeah. you. Anybody punches at rage is dead. Wait, so that Period. one was easy for you, Steph? Yeah, that one I, I beat pretty quickly because I um I did the sensor to see what I had to do to defeat it, and it said it would lower its strength if you um took off Berserk. So what I did was I killed the guards right away, and then I just put him um I what's it called? I cured him mm-hmm. with Yuna. Yeah. I did that, and I just blinded him a little bit, and I was like, alright, bitch, whale, whale, whale. Um, then he gets all mad, and he crashes you through the ice floor, and then you fall underneath the temple. You oh, hear- real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Like, I don't know about you, like, I did I did it one try, but even now, when I was when I was younger, I actually struggled with this boss fight, especially in the second phase, when he puts up his dukes. Like, he like, he like to, he dares you to punch him, like, and then he really raises his arms, like, and as a little kid, I just still punched him. Then he counted immediately. Anybody who count, he counts is just dead. I'm like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I was it's, actually it's... really lucky because I got him super far down before he did that. And then Lulu just like drained him twice and he died. Yeah. God damn. So I didn't really have to deal with it. Although my Lulu is OP, but I'm also using the... Um, the expert sphere grid, which I was telling Job, I really feel, and I was talking about it during the stream, I really feel like new players should actually start with the um, expert sphere grid because it lets you customize your characters much, much more. Like, my Yuna is, not only does she heal, but she also has black magic, so she can do both things. Um, And I think that's so much easier than just having her, um, you know, stuck in one thing because there are situations that come up and it allows you to, you know, mix and match. So um, I I just I don't know how you guys feel about it, obviously, but using the extra spear grid has really helped me out because I've kind of just passed my characters on to other things that they normally wouldn't be doing, which has made the game a little bit easier for me. Uh, But. They drop you through. Uh, they drop you through the ice, and you are underneath the temple. You hear the song of the faith, and um, Yuna does mention that the wedding was going to be used to confront Seymour and convince him to turn himself into Yevin for his crimes. Um, and they mention, you know, now that they are they are traitors of Yevin, now that they killed the Maester because he's one of the only four of Maesters in the world, and fuck, we killed one. Um, and Orn reminds them that the faith gives power to the summoners, not Yevon. 
or the temple. Oh yeah. So are. he literally is like, who gives a fuck? Like we don't We're get our power from Yevon. I don't give a fuck about Yevon. Yeah. He's he's, literally, he's like, we don't get our power from from this fucking religion. We get our power from from the the faith itself. Like we don't get our power from this religion. Fuck Yevon. Fuck the temples. I don't give a fuck. We're gonna defy all of Yevon if we have to because we gonna finish this shit. And Waka melts down on hearing all this Waka's stuff. Literally, like count me out. And I was like, bye. We will leave you. I don't care. I am with Oren. Goodbye. I don't care. Bye. Like, I was so ready to walk yeah. there. Um, unfortunately, literally, my favorite after that was Oren and Riku. Those are like my top two characters yes, right now. Yes. I was 100% down. I was like, all right, let's fucking go. I don't care. Fuck all these churches. Fuck all these bitches. I don't give a fuck. We're going to go feet, defeat Sin. Everything's fine. As soon as he was like, I'm out, I was like, bitch, bye. Like, you don't know how ready I am to get rid of you. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, you know, it's like, you know, maybe we should atone. And Lulu's like, you know, I guess it's, I guess. And I was like, oh my God, for real? Like, y'all really going to do this? So then they decided they're going to head out to uh, Bevel. Uh, Which just... can I just say something yeah, real quick? Please. Sorry, I keep cutting off because no, I'm, no. I'm I'm telling you, like this runaround has made me so fucking passionate. I have so much to say. Yes, tell <laughs> so us, much. tell us. So, um, back to when you were saying about Oren and Waka, I don't know why, but I feel like there's a lot to say. Like, there's a lot of connections from 20 years ago when they made this to now. Like, mm-hmm. I would have never thought that this game, though it's a game would resonate so much with a lot of what goes on currently with like churches and like people who are of faith and like, I don't know. It's just like, like you were saying, like he was saying like people um, like, what was it that Yevon, the faith is what gives them the, yeah. their, their, well, what is it? What, like their strength or what is it? Uh, the faith is what they need to, uh, it gives them the powers to summon. Not yet. Yeah, the power and not, summit. Not, not yet. The church. Exactly. And not the Which people. is very similar to church and God, like mm-hmm. having faith in God and then like church. It's like it even though like they go hand in hand sometimes, not always. You can have like one and then the other is kind of like a man made thing, I suppose, and like something that a lot of people choose to follow. And it's like if they don't follow it, they think that they're going down the wrong path, mm-hmm. which I feel like resonates with like Waka. I feel is a lot of people when it comes to um, church and beliefs and religion, while Oren is more of like a person who is, I guess, more like that spiritual kind. So I don't know. I just feel like a lot of it touches base on what currently goes on now and like the kind of divide that there is between church and people. I don't know. I just like kind of, I don't know. I don't don't know if I'm like articulating exactly what it is that, my head is saying like my brain is saying something and then my words are just not coming out <laughs> no i totally get you and I, I completely agree it is very much uh, and i think it resonates no matter what um it just i i do think the message resonates no matter what and i i i think that's actually the perfect way to look at it because obviously i can't speak for developers but i do think that that was the intention behind the way that this happens it's like yes it's like timeless yeah yeah exactly like you you it it's more than just blindly listening you know you have to have faith in something and there has to be you know that that is what gives you your power not not the maesters of the temple not the people who are there um and i think that is exactly what the game expresses and i I completely i completely agree with you and that's one of the also one of the reasons i i love the game because you know we talked about it on the other podcast but obviously usually the church is bad but at this point the church is bad but it is the faith that is actually giving us our powers to help us finish 
which isn't just like church and faith and everything bad. No, uh, there's a separation there. Um, and obviously people are exploiting that just like fucking Seymour. Yep. And which, by the way, if you actually talk to the people in Guado or Guado, however you say, um, they're all like, oh my God, isn't he amazing? It's almost like, it's almost like a cult. That's how I see it. Yeah. It's almost like this, he's the cult master that has been able to manipulate everyone inside of that city to make him out to be this amazing person that's who exactly could do no is. harm, who could do no harm. But essentially that's what a cult is. They're blind believers, blind faith in a particular person who's considered like the disciple, which would be him because he's the maester. And like, he's actually a terrible person. He killed his fucking dad. Like he killed all those people in, that, in the in the whatever what, what was it, in the stadium when he killed all those people like he literally has gives no kinds of fucks besides for himself and that's just facts and I, I mean he, if if you're talking about history oh sorry go ahead no 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 continue, continue. if you're talking about history I mean it's a, another perfect example of how history works you know this one guy brings over this new religion and he forces his entire people into that religion his son is now the head of this you know one of the four heads of this religion and his son's fucking evil like yeah, the, exactly. the Guado were not a part of um, Yevon before this and now look at yes. look at what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. very cult like <laughs> very yeah, cult like yeah. so then oh, did anyone else have anything to say on that not I. Nope. All right. So nope. then we go through the desert, and uh, we're headed towards where the Albed live, and we find out a little bit about their background and how um uh, they used to live together, but then they were separated, and then they created this um island that is unknown to everyone. Uh, to protect themselves from the world, and uh, also we find out that they've been stealing the summoners to protect the summoners. Um, and we meet Riku's dad, Sid. And um, yes, Sid. Sid is, and just for anyone who's never played a Final Fantasy game, in every Final Fantasy game, there's a character named Sid. Um, also, in almost every Final Fantasy game, uh, and it probably is in every Final Fantasy game, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but there are uh, summons in each game, or there are at least things named after the summons. So there's always going to be a Shiva, a Bahamut, um, Ifrit, etc. Um, and yeah, yeah so we meet Sid. Thing that's in almost every Final Fantasy game, but Chocobos and Moogles and Cactuars. Um, and we got the Chocobos. That, that too. That too. You didn't get the Chocobos. Those Chocobos. Choc- oh my God! Which, the, well, either the... way, did you guys tell that guy to be a Chocobo trainer? Or <laughs> I, sure <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. I sure did too. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Like he I'm seems like, so happy, Yogi. like being a Chocobo trainer. I'm like, why do you continue to be nice? I think, by the way, I didn't mention it, but I think that's also influences Clasco's appearances in the future st- in the story as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I I put that he make himself a trainer. I was like, you do it, boo. You do yeah. what you gotta do. He it does yeah. affect the story. If you tell them to go do that. I did too. I was like, honestly, go live your dreams. Because they've been treating you like shit since I met you. They literally have you walking while they riding everywhere. And, like, you're doing all the work for these chocobos, bro. Like, go live your best life. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. (laughs) So then we find out that Sid brought all the Albed back together again um, since they were separated. And then uh, we also find out that they've been taking this, the summoners to the summoner sanctum. Um, and then 
Titus asks what the summoner sanctum is and she says it's a place where they've been holding all the summoners and Titus says that he doesn't uh, so they can be safe and Titus mentions that he doesn't get why they'll be safe like he he literally goes off and he's like look that's what guardians are for like it's not okay for the um it's not okay for the albed to just steal summoners because they don't want them to go through the pilgrimage like that's not right if they want to be protected that's what guardians are for you guys can't just do this so like Titus is like no like this isn't okay i like i understand you were trying to protect them but that's not okay literally everybody looks how, at him uh, and they just walk away like they don't I love, even I love i love i love in that scene where he's just like look i don't get it waka like if summers just do their i mean i'm sorry if guardians just do their job they'll be safe right yep and it's just like cutting to all their face and he keeps asking right yeah and literally like, no like, one answers like they don't they can't bear to look at him as he says he's saying this and i think that's really tragic for titus's character that they all know, and he's the only one that doesn't. The Albed know, the other Guardians know, the summoners that are already catching, which, uh, by the way, we get reintroduced to Donna and Isaru who are there. They know, of course, as well. They knew when they were when they signed up to be summoners. They all knew he's the only one that doesn't. And I think, I feel like, now that I know, now that I know, I feel so bad for him that he's just, like, so optimistic, and then he learns the truth, which, you know, ugh. Brutal yeah. truth. So, um, mm-hmm. and also to the game's, you know, um, to the game's effect, we as characters still don't know what's going on. So we are actually in the same boat as Titus. So at this right. point, it's Titus is just like, you know, I don't understand. That's what guardians are for. And us as players, you know, we have been, we've gotten hints of, you know, that there's more to what's happening, but we still don't know either. So it's just like, well, yeah, like why, like what's going on? And you know, that there's something being unsaid because of that scene. And also I completely, um, forgot to mention that um all of the characters are uh being not only were they being chased but the guado have somehow found them way found their way to the uh Bicanal island and they have completely destroyed the albed's home and a ton of the albed have died at this point and so it's also a really somber moment for riku as well because she returns home um and they call it home because that's where like that's where the albed live now like they've created this island because they've been so mistreated by everyone who's racist they created their own home area and now it's been invaded by the guado and by seymour and it's been completely destroyed and at the same time we cannot uh we can't dismiss the sacrifice that the albed have you know taken on in their attempt to save these summoners so it's at uh, during all this it's really like wow something serious must be happening that they you know brought them back to their secret homeland and they've been sacrificing themselves to protect these summoners like what the fuck is going on so then um we see donna and isaru and uh, oh, also like perfect timing the the main theme from the beginning of the game begins to play while this is happening as well while titus is having that conversation um Zanark- to zanarkin is the title of the theme i believe um and right it's right i'm pretty sure yeah okay <laughs> um so uh donna and isaru are there and they end up performing the sending on all of the Albed who have died in the Summoner Sanctum, just protecting them. Um, and then, of course, Pase, which is Isaro's little brother, comes up and he's like, he goes to Titus and he's like, what does sacrifice mean? And uh, Titus is like, huh? And then uh, finally, Rika reveals what is happening. And we finally find out that once Sin is defeated, the Summoner, in this case Yuna, will die 
so that the summon can call the final Aeon. So that final Aeon, whatever happens in that summoning, that final Aeon is actually going to kill Yuna. And so now we know that everyone who's gone on the summoner's journey has done so knowing that at the end, they're going to forfeit their life. And then Titus just fucking loses it at this point. He's just like... He he goes to them. He's like, "How could you? How could you do this?" She's like a sister to you, isn't she? Like family. Like she he 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 does not understand why the fuck anybody would, if you love someone so much, allow them to sacrifice themselves in this manner. Um, and Riku says, uh, Riku agrees, and she says that summoners shouldn't have to sacrifice themselves just so the rest of the world can be happy. Like it, it's not fair to them. Like they don't see um, why this is a thing, why this is a bigger picture. And then of course Isaru and uh, Donna step forward and they say that in the end it's their choice to make because a world without sin is the dream of everyone and they'll use their power even if it means their lives um, summoners as them use their powers um, to make sh- they are the light of Spira and a lot of people depend on them and they basically reiterate that they have they made this decision but they know what they were getting into when they made the decision and uh all the all the other party members also come forward i believe at this time and they're like yes you know we've tried don't you think like they're talking to titus like look we've tried don't you think that we know that this is this is going to happen and we don't want this to happen like we tried to convince her not to do this but she decided to do this like this was her decision we can't change it so all we can do is you know go along and guide her along the way um did anybody want to talk about that before i continue because i think that's some big shit (laughs) I got two things to say about it. Okay. So the first thing I want to say about it is basically how going going to this point, having known it from the beginning, this is a this is one hundred percent like a veteran's take, but like the game like hints at it like several times. The first time, the first time is when she's leaving to um, Besaid for the first time. Is like when she leaves the island, the people, some people are being like. A little over emotional like you assume oh well she's just leaving and they, they won't see it for a long time so maybe they're just really sad no they're grieving because they know that this is most likely the last time they're ever going to see her if she follows in her footsteps to become high summoner like her father and it's also hinted again during operation Mihen as well like where um the um the crusaders the crusaders are getting ready to go on this operation where they will surely die and yuna saying no don't go don't do this and then Orin says, they made their choice just as you did. And that's when Yuna finally steps away. And Titus even says, it'll be a long time before I understood why Yuna moved that day. And yeah. that's what they're referencing, that they're making the same choice that Yuna did. And that's why she allowed it, even though she doesn't really want to. Like, I love that the game foreshadows it so hard without explicitly giving it away. Yeah. Like, the seeds are there, and I think it's really cool. And... The second thing I want to say about this, this is not even a comment about the game itself, but some of the marketing for it. For the HD remake mm-hmm. that came out for the PS3 when they were doing advertisements for it, oh my god, the commercials for the HD remake that they for PS3 straight up spoils this in trailers. Like, one of the trailers for the HD remake for PS3 was like, had Yuna in the trailer saying, the pilgrimage have to stop. If summoners finish their journey, they'll die, you know? And oh, wow. I heard that trailer. I heard that trailer. Like, are you serious? Why are you putting this in the commercial? I did not <laughs> like, know I that. By that point, it was a ten-year-old game. But if you're selling this <laughs> a remake, this is going to be a lot of people's first time. That's just in the commercial. The Eureka revealing that the summoners are going to die if they finish the pilgrimage. Like, Square, please stop. 
Yeah, you know, Crow's really bad at spoilers. <laughs> like I was suffering. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad a lot of people didn't see that because I was just losing my mind that, that they put that in the commercial. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, Square's bad at spoilers, as we all know. Yep, and they assume <laughs> if it's remake, it's just okay to spoil everything. This is off topic, but there was a Kingdom Hearts uh, remake trailer, like one of the HD re-releases, also spoiled a major moment for the end of Birth by Sleep. It's like, Square, come on. Just because it's a re-release doesn't mean... Uh, anyway, I'm done. No, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jim, did you have anything to say about that? Not that hasn't been covered, I think. it's Honestly, I thought it was like a really wholesome scene in the sense that, you know, their passion is so strong. Like, the other, obviously, the summoners know what is happening and, like, them stepping up to be like, oh, we know, you know, we're gonna die. You know, th- that type of thing always gets me when it's like, you know you're gonna die, but you do it anyway. It's like, damn, good shit. You're a strong person. You know, yeah, I mean, it really, like, you see Donna, actually, at this point, in a very different light than when you first meet her, you know? And even Isaru, you know, when he's like, oh, let's let's make a competition to see who's gonna uh, stop Sin first. Uh, it's basically like, let's make yeah, a competition to see who's gonna sense. die first. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, in, retro, in, in retrospect, that's, that's that particular line is just wild. Like, I, I can understand that you're trying to make light out of a certain situation, but like I think that's a little much. Oh, and also this uh, I just thought of another foreshadowing. When they left the third uh temple, the one of the Thunder Plains where you get Exian, and they were all laughing after you know like woke up like overslept and like had her hair her had her hair mess. And then Titus even in his monologue says, I didn't realize at the time, but I was the only one really laughing that day. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yep. Uh, there's a lot of scenes where, like you mentioned, you know, you look back and after after you find out the full truth, you look back and it's like, wow, so y- all y'all knew. Like, we all, they all knew what was going yeah. on. And I think um, that even made me like Titus even more, even though at that point, it's very easy to understand both sides, I think. And I think the game does a really good job at making both sides easily understandable and by that i mean it is very easy to see that yuna as a person is 100 percent willing to sacrifice herself for the rest of spirit i mean the girl like since day one you can tell that this is the type of person that she is and then on the other side there's you know titus and riku both of whom are like no like riku this is my cousin titus like he hasn't said it yet but i mean lulu already knows he's in love with this girl and uh, their resistance is uh, very much respectable. And even, you know, even Lulu, she's she's the one who comes up and she's like, yeah, I, you know, don't you think we, don't you think we know we don't want this to happen? Um, I think you can, the game has done such a good job at letting players see both sides of the coin. And I think this is a real turning point for us as players and for them as characters. Now that the truth is out, um, not only are, not, like, so much has happened, you know, think back to Kilika when Sin first destroyed everything, and you're able to really get a scope of why why this is so important. And then, of course, it brings up that question of, is the life of one more important than the life of, you know, the world? Uh, is Yuna's one life more important than all of Spira? And that also brings up the topic of, you know, uh, uh, Riku and and Titus and the Albed are all like, there has to be another way. Like, why is it that they have to die? Like, I don't think this is how this should go. But everyone else in the religion and in tradition is just like, you know, that's just the way things happen. Like, they're they're going to die. 
And I think that does a lot to the Albet. Once you learn this truth, it does a lot for the Albet's character as well. And particularly what Riku has said beforehand, where he says, you have this, you have that, can't you think for yourself? That's even more empowered by both Riku and the Albed because you think about it, if if Sin has been doing this for a thousand years and he comes back every ten years, do you know how many like that's a lot of summoners that have just given their life yeah. to take out Sin and the people of Yevon have just been okay with that for all these Constantly, years. Constantly, yeah. Like they've just been okay with the fact that every ten years one person is gonna have to die. It's like it's like offering us. It's like a it's like in the like a volcano is gonna erupt. So you have to sacrifice a person to make sure it doesn't erupt. It's that same exact concept, and the people have just accepted it. They've just been accept, accepting the sacrificial life. It's no wonder that the owl bed don't want to they'll agree to that. Of course, they want to find another way that doesn't involve sacrificing a person every decade. Yeah, like it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And Not to mention and whatever sin annihilates. So that's her cousin. Yeah. What were you saying, Joe? Not to mention whatever sin annihilates during that time. Like, he's already destroyed Kilika, the stadium in Luka, and all this other stuff before even getting, you know, vanquished or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, so, all this, yeah, like, say nothing about the one sacrifice. Sin does a lot of damage before Summoner finishes their pilgrimage to stop Sin. So, also, of course, they would want to find a way, uh, find some kind of way to make it gone forever. So that it doesn't cause all those deaths before the one required death every that, 10 years. That makes the pilgrimage that more important, right? Like, and, and because it shows that the pilgrimage is that, that much more important, the fact that Riku as a guardian isn't allowed into the temple uh, is so stupid, you know? The, the fact that they are being chased down for killing a maester is so stupid because at the end of the day, the, the big sacrifice that has to be made is going to come from Yuna, uh, uh, assumedly, and she's going to be the one to die to bring peace, peace to spirit. I don't know what the fuck Seymour uh, has been planning. I, like, I still obviously don't know what the fuck's going on there, but all right. the petty shit is just so unnecessary because at the end of the day sin is still out there killing things and um at at actually whoa completely skipped apart so um what ends up happening is the way that they get to the desert is because sin arrives when they're underneath the uh the temple sin arrives and it scatters them out to the desert and in that scene Titus is having a conversation with Jekt as Sin, and it's it's kind of wholesome and he's like yeah you know I just I know you want to go home I want to go home too and you know they just talk and and it's not bad. Sin doesn't kill anyone. He drops them off. Actually, he drops them off where they need to be. So uh, it, it very much ties into the sin is ject, and he doesn't necessarily want to be sin. He doesn't want to do all these bad things. So the one good thing he does is drop them off in Bicanel so that they can grab the other summoners um, to try to stop the events going forward. Uh, so yes, yeah, sorry, I completely forgot about that. But that's how they go from the bottom of the the temple to Bikino. Um and 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 we now know as well that Sin and Je- uh, Jekt and Titus do are able to like properly communicate in some form or fashion. Um, but yeah, that 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 is that is the big turning point in the game. Uh, and then uh, d- wait, did anyone want to add onto any of that before I continue? Okay, I didn't make I mean, it. That, that so. also. <laughs> I mean, I know you didn't, but I you, like based on what you heard. If you do want to add something to that, feel free because you 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 made it right up to that point. So, uh, yeah. awkward silence. <laughs> okay, but then, go ahead. 
Uh, no, for me, it was kind of the same thing that I pointed out before in Operation Meehan. When Aaron was seemingly talking to Jack, I'm just like, ah, yes. You can ah, all communicate with yes. him now. Ah, true. Ah, okay. True. Mm, I understand. All right, just tell him to stop killing people, Titus. All right, can you do that? All right, thanks. <laughs> hey, Dad, I know you're sin, but uh, let's not. <laughs> and then he's like, fuck you, crybaby. And then he goes, kills another area. <laughs> um, so after all of this happens, we're, we're reaching the, we're about to reach the stopping point. Um, they end up uh the the home ends up being destroyed yuna's not there they turn apparently it's an airship because the albed are awesome and they jump into the airship to get away and they end up blowing up their home just to you know make sure that all the guado are left behind and nothing happens and so uh it really does suck because um at that point we 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 kind of we find out that the albed have been separated before and home was like this new place built for them as you know a refuge from the really shitty world and um then they they blow it up and so everyone has to escape on the ship and riku is once again devastated watching her home just be completely destroyed and all the albed that put so much work into what they were doing and all of this once again is another self-sacrifice from the albed just to save the lives of these summoners um which at this point if you're not an albed fan i don't know what to tell you because i mean i am you know they they are looking for solutions where no one else is um and you know they a, a ton of them have died their home has been destroyed they they literally blow it up and they fly over and they're looking for yuna and then the big thing happens um while they're on the airship you have some conversations with some people uh and one of uh actually in a really somber moment, uh, Sid and brother and the other guy whose name I can't remember, they all sing the hymn of the faith before they destroy their home, which was, I was like, oh my God, like tears, like this is so sad. Like they're literally singing the, the, the song of the faith, even though Yevon fucking hates them, you know, they're, they're singing this, this, this song uh, of you know, religion, well, not the religion, but of the faith, regardless of their religion, regardless of everything, like, this transcends. So I thought that was a really, really somber and really sweet moment that brought a tear to my little line. Then they blow the shit up, and Sid's like, fuck it, blow everything up. Um, so then they're back on the airship, and I don't know if you guys were able to do this, but if you go down into one of the areas and you talk to Donna, she talks to Titus and she says, um, what would you say if I were to quit my pilgrimage? And then you have an option of either saying who cares or like basically do what you want. Um, I said, you know, do what makes you happy or whatever the other option was. And she mentions that, um, if she does that, that means, uh, quitting her pilgrimage and quitting her pilgrimage pilgrimage means that everyone would say that she's abandoning her duty. And I, I also thought like, because it goes into a little more detail than, than that, but it's also like, damn, like once you commit to being a summoner, if you ever go back, the world is going to shun you because they're just like, fuck you. You're selfish uh, for quitting your pilgrimage. Um, and I was like, but she literally doesn't want to kill herself anymore. <laughs> like, you can't be mad at someone because they made a decision. And then, you know, now talking to the Abed and talking about it, she's like, maybe this wasn't the right idea for her. Um, and that also gave Donna a little bit more of a heart. I'm not a Donna hater anymore. She was a bitch in the beginning. Um, but just seeing her <laughs> progress in such a little time has uh, affected the way that I see her. Um, I don't know. Before I continue, anybody want to? 
Yeah, I do as well. As well, I think it's um, it's very human of Donna to feel that feel this way, and it kind of casts yeah. a little light into the scene that happened like directly before this, where both Isaru and Donna are like proudly talking about they knew the risks before going in, and then summoning their aeons to take down the fiends, and then a few minutes later. Um, that she's like in this state where she doesn't even know she wants to continue. Some people could probably interpret that as like um, bad writing. I kind of interpret it as her, you know, she herself isn't really sure, but she was, I think she's was trying when that, in that scene, trying to reassure everyone else as much as she was trying to reassure herself. And now that, you know, she's seen kind of what Yevon is capable of and being faced with like the grim reality of, yeah, yeah, if she wins. If she wins this contest against Yuna, the one that she's been so boastful about this whole time, it really will mean her death. And she's starting to figure out maybe there's more to, to this. By the way, Drew kind of implied it. But yes, depending on what you say to Donna, it does influence uh, whether or not she appears further in the story. She could just like, if you tell her to just like give up her pilgrimage, she just will not appear further in the story. Oh, really? Yeah, if you tell her, if you tell her like, yeah, stop being a pilgrimage. Yeah, that's it. No more Donna appearance in the story. And but if you do, then I think she appears one more time if you don't convince her to just give up. Wow! So but I won't see her anymore. Uh, oh I'm wait, not. no, I didn't say give up. I was like, do what makes you happy or whatever. Did anyone pick? Who cares? <laughs> I don't I think I picked. Who cares? But I pick uh, like like who cares? I think will, is a solution that will like um, keep her going. But if you say yeah, g- great, give it up, just to like yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I probably won't see. By, by, by the by the way, um, I just wanted to just say this real quick. Uh, airship is another is another Final Fantasy trope, and it's usually associated with the character named Sid in the story. I think they've been having yeah. airships, airships, and and Sid. I think that's been a thing in Final Fantasy since the second installment, if not the third. So that's a, that's another reoccurring airships, thing that I thought yeah. was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. True, true. In twelve, all the airships are named after Summit. Um, so then they are able to pinpoint Yuna using some technology. And the best part is Sid is literally like, I don't know. They're like, they're like how does this work? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, I don't even know how this airship is flying. Like, I don't know shit. Because Yevin won't let us study technology. So we're all just like, fuck it, let's go. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Probably <laughs> y'all should study this in secret or some shit. Because this don't sound kosher. We shouldn't just be flying around like this and blowing shit up. Um... But they're able to find Yuna, and we get a quick glimpse of Yuna in a wedding dress with a, what seems to be a live Seymour. And, um, we find out right after this that Seymour's actually dead. He is as dead as Jiskel was when Jiskel was dead and he came through the far plane, but his attachment to the world has kept him from the next world because he wasn't able to be sent when they pulled him away. So now we have a weird, fiendish, undead Seymour walking around like shit's fine, about to marry a very alive and very afraid Yuna. So we are going to take the airship to save her. And then um, if you talk to the party members, Lulu asks, uh, one of the, one of the things that, that happens is Lulu asks, if Seymour is dead, why does Maester Micah let the dead walk free? And I was like, that's a good ass question, bitch, because... As maesters, they're supposed to make sure that, you know, the dead stay in the far plane and that there aren't just fiends running around like this. So 
I'm already expecting some bullshit from Maester Micah. This is the same Maester that they're going to go talk to to try to clear their names, and that's why they wanted to go to Bavel. So I already know some shit's about to happen. Also, why the fuck are we letting this dead-ass motherfucker walk around? This just seems like a bad idea, and the Guado are stupid. Um... And, uh, right after that, we see, um, that the, somehow, some Guado have apparently gotten onto the ship, and there are fiends everywhere, so we have to run around, fight the fiends, and then we see the defender and protector of Bavel, the worm named Evray, and that was our stopping point. So, uh, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about with Seymour being alive dead, um, and about to marry Yuna, or what's about to happen, without spoiling us for the next portion? Yes, I can say something about spoiling the next portion. Um, I think it's interesting because normally when someone doesn't get sent and they become a fiend, they're normally those mindless monsters that just attack um, anyone. Whereas Seymour, he seems to like he, he don't, like no one would, no one except them know he's uh, dead, dead mm-hmm. because he just looks the same, like. I don't know. I don't know the, the the specifics behind it, and I honestly don't. Like, if I did, I forgot. But like, I think it's interesting that he has the know-it-all to um, somehow keep himself after death, and not just become like a random fiend that you fight on the plains or whatever. I think it's interesting. I forgot if they explain how that is later, but I think it's interesting that he's uh, able to just do that. Well, I hope they do. I don't because. Wait. I, I hope they do because, and I might be wrong, but I'm feeling like Orin's a little dead too. No, I don't know. <laughs> but there have been, to me at least, there have been hints where Orin does not seem like he is fully here. Especially because one, he wouldn't go into the far plane. And it wasn't because, like, it wasn't because of the same reason that Riku wouldn't go in. Um, and then two, there is that section where Seymour is like, you know, the Guado, as Guado, we are very sensitive to the scent of the far plane. Like, and then he even asks him, like, why are you here? I think he asked him multiple times. Like, the people have been asking Orin, why are you here? And you smell like the far plane and you won't go in. And now that I know that dead ass motherfuckers could just be walking around like they're alive, <laughs> I feel like after whatever the fuck happened, it seems as if Orin. Has, has whatever happened at the last summoning uh, has affected him in some manner. He might be half dead. He might be full dead. But I feel like he dead somewhere, and I hope I'm gonna get an explanation. <laughs> Maybe that's why his arm is the way that it is. Cause he dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Broke his arm. She Maybe. can't come back. I mean, I mean, no. I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone died in the pilgrimage with Braska, so I feel like how was he the only survivor? Yeah. Plus. I- Plus, when he was in the very beginning, and Zanarkin, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Yeah, he just out there talking to Sin, like, bro, where you came from? Like, you've been missing for years. Now you're here. You're back in Spira. You know all this stuff because you did this pilgrimage, but you won't go in the far plane. And, like, once again, Seymour is just like, why are you here? You smell like dead people. <laughs> like, what's going on, bro? So I feel like... Orin has some explaining to do as well. I don't know, but yeah. I'm feeling it. Dots are, dots are definitely connecting. Dots are definitely connecting. Like, I'm not that far, <laughs> but from what you're explaining and like your theory behind it and like all of these examples, I, I could believe it. I, I, I can right? see it. Because otherwise, why else would they say those things? Uh, but Joe, you were saying something? Um, I was just going to add to Brandon's point that I don't really have an explanation for it either, for Seymour, you know, doing whatever he wants. But we do they did tell us that 
the Guado are like the keepers of the far plane. Mm. You know, I don't doubt that they have some form of manipulation over that because Jisco also came out as like a regular person. That's true. That's very true. Maybe uh-huh. they just know something I about like that like... theory because it means that it, you telling me aren't have Guado. <laughs> I ain't saying all Guado. Well, I don't think Job is saying all Guado. I all non Guado or Guado have that ability necessarily. It's just probably Guado just know it better. True. True. Fine. Or, yeah, I'm not linking Aaron to the Guado, to be honest, but I mean, Aaron is kind of suspect. He knows shit and does shit that I don't really feel like he should be able to. So, you know, I'm just going to throw that up. But Guados, Guados have those really ugly hands. Damn. They have the really long hands. <laughs> <laughs> the really long hands. That. That are they annoying, have those really long fingers, even, really even well Seymour. Oh uh, yes, yeah, Seymour does. Even Seymour, mm-hmm. yeah, and Seymour's half mm-hmm. human. So I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that theory is true simply because of that. See, yeah, see, I, mean, I don't think he is either. Seymour's hands why. are not, his hands are not as long as the regular Guados. I guess that's probably because he's <laughs> half human. But like, yes, the the pure pure Guados got them big hands. You know what they say about but big so hands. But so does Seymour though. Seymour, right. Seymour does too, and he's half. So they say that you're I a Guado. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway. He ain't a guado. He ain't a guado. I don't believe it. Nah, I don't think he is. I don't think Aaron's a guado either. I just, I do think he's dead, though. I just don't know how. Yeah, that's what like, I stand by. I don't, I don't think he's a guado, though. Uh, so, yeah, th- that's our current stopping point. We've seen Evray. So, uh, we stopped right before a boss battle. Fun times. Um, also, I, I, I'm assuming it's going to come into play because they literally, Lulu mentions that uh, there are some underwater levels or areas in Bevel and that Titus or Riku should learn some magic because Lulu ass don't swim. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be stuck <laughs> with Waka, Lulu, and uh, Riku. I'm sorry, Waka, Riku, and Titus. So hint, hint, y'all should probably give some spells to Titus or Riku, because you won't have Lulu. I don't know, but that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, anyways, oh. yeah, sorry, huh? No, no, I just noticed the the lack of Waka mention. <laughs> don't teach him Man, magic, fuck Waka. Waka. <laughs> Facts. But also because Lulu didn't say Waka. I didn't say it because Lulu ain't say it. Lulu said yeah. you or or Riku should learn some magic. She didn't say Waka should learn some magic, because <laughs> Don't give a fuck about. It. She's sick of Waka too. I mean, she might know Waka's dumb. She even, she even, um, Lulu. That is even mentions earlier in the game that Riku should learn some magic too. Like during the scene when she's in the Thunder Plains and like scared of thunder. Like Lulu encourages her to learn some magic. Like not only just for basic utility purposes, but also probably to get over her lightning fear, which he does on her own, regardless of whether she learns magic or not. But I think it's 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 interesting that she once again affirms, "Hey, Riku should probably learn some magic." As hard as it would be. Like, if you're playing a normal spirit grid, it's really hard to get Riku to learn magic at this point. Oh, I'm I'm on extra spirit grid, and she's oh, yeah. about to so learn you the can... third level magic uh, yes, before Lulu, so it's... I am ready. And I think it's interesting that that line even exists in, like, the original game, where extra spirit grid was not a thing. Because I don't know anybody that has Riku ready to learn magic by that level of the game at that point. Unless you got, like, so some black magic spears. But if you have extra spirit grid... Doesn't she know water? Riku? At least for me. Yeah, Riku knows water for me. Ooh. She doesn't know any spells on my end, just her Hey, hey, that's because I use her a lot. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. She about to, she's about to be, like, Lulu levels for me once I get over there, once I get the right sphere. We fucking shit up. 
Um, anything yeah, else you guys want to mention before uh, anything like gameplay mechanics, uh, characters, music, story, yes. anything? Yeah. Well, I went through most of like my feelings about the game. I'm still going to give it a try, <laughs> but if I go through one more boss battle that I die after 45 minutes of trying, I'm literally just, I'm, you're not going to hear me in the next one. I, like, be- I, understand. I believe it. I understand that. Um, it does that suck to spend that much time and and um, not pass it. So I, I completely understand that. But I, I will also say, um, like I mentioned before, I think for anyone also playing along with us, take your time. Um, it is, I think it's more strategy than anything. Uh, so really, you know, utilize scan, make sure you're utilizing your spear grid, um, try new things, see what works. Um, and yeah, just good luck to everybody out there playing with us. Good luck, Steph. I have high hopes. I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to get through. And, you know, something that does help me a lot is um, just wanting to see where the story goes, because now I think we've reached that, that ultimate point of right before shit goes crazy where we we need answers yeah exactly (laughs) like we we've gotten some of the bigger answers and now it's just like i think going to be a downhill roller coaster of fuck shit up so we can save the world uh so that is actually what's uh, helping me want to get through this game as well the story i know that pulls me back in i know you did mention that it was something that pulled you back in as well so hopefully the story is good enough to you know help you through it i hope i don't know we'll see uh we're dropping like flies um but anyway anything else you guys want to add (laughs) yeah my favorite characters are riku and orin and that's it that's all 100% brandon <clears throat> just three uh, small little points. Point one, um, you as you mentioned, Jarrell, um, Evray is like you said, the guardian of Bavel, right? Not necessarily an evil fiend. So we're at the point where you know we're still continuing with this pilgrimage and doing our quest, but now we're fighting like um, beings of Yevin, basically, because this is the guardian Bavel. This ain't necessarily a fiend. It's just protecting Bavel. So. I think that says a lot about where we're going to be going in this story, as, a, as my first point. Second point is, I mentioned it earlier, but Waka went through a lot in this segment. Like, we started off with him just basically shit-talking Riku just because she's in our bed, and everyone basically hating him because of his prejudice. Then them finding out that Seymour, one of the most respected people of Yevon, is, uh, is evil, and he can't process that. To them becoming trainers of Yevon himself and him having no idea what to do. To them going to the desert and him just like completely like, ah, what am I doing? Then sympathizing to some degree with the Albed after the whole situation with them losing their priority. To the very end, where home is destroyed, destroyed, Waka sees Riku upset and tries to comfort her. He does so very, very badly because he's an idiot. And I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Like he says, it's like happy fireworks. Boom. And of course, that's the worst thing he could have possibly said. And Riku's so mad at him. But the fact that he attempted after everything that happened is like, what? No, I I agree. I think he he is showing some attempts. But like, my home just blew up and you're going to tell me to think of it like it's fireworks. Bitch, get the fuck out of here. And I am so happy that Riku was like, bye. Yes. It was well deserved. It was well deserved for Riku to say that. But I think the the fact that he even attempted to comfort Riku was interesting after everything that's happened. Yeah. Like beforehand. I agree. Like the the attempt is interesting. And the last it's point. Still fuck Waka though. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, the last thing I'll point out 
uh, before before we, we close out for the Blitzball fans out there, which is myself, Job, and the probably one person listening to this podcast. This is the first. This is the. <laughs> This is the first true, time. True, true. Yeah, true. Like the all three of us, all all three Blitzball fans. When you get to the airship, that is the first time you can actually recruit Waka back to your Blitzball team if you want, because the party just always hangs out at the airship as, even as the game goes on. So Waka is just standing there. You can recruit him there. It's the only place in the game where you can you like. It doesn't matter where in the story you are that Waka just has to be standing. It has to be on the airship. You can recruit him on your team if you want. Same thing with Riku's brother. And even Rin, if you want. So in case anyone was looking for some Blitzball players, you can do that. Oh, and the entirety of the Albed Sykes is also on the airship forever if you want to recruit them there. So, you know, nice. just putting that out there for, for the Blitzball people. I feel like this is the worst time to advertise Waka to, like, literally anybody. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it really is. I'm sorry. I'm so anti-Waka. He could die and I would not care. Rip. God damn. The passion is very fierce. I do appreciate him trying, but I feel like his bad has so far outweighed the good. And, you know, I, I also get the whole, yo, you know, I am literally going against my religion, like what I've known my entire life. I get that that can be hard, but the way that he's handled it has just been very immature and horrible. So, yeah, get fucked. I can live without the ya. <laughs> still, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. I can live without that. He's still doing it. Um, Brendan, what was your second point? I already said it. It was it was talking about Waka. The first point was FRA. The second point was Waka. And the third point was the Blitzball thing. Because there was all. something you said during Waka's that made me want to respond, but I can't remember. Um, just what he went through over the course of the uh, over our play session this time around. Just all the ups and downs of his character. Never mind, still can't remember. Um, but your first point was really interesting. Um, now I'm assuming that, you know, we're going down that path of we're going to start doing some bad things because it's the right thing to do. Um, well, bad things. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before I close this out? I mean, the way we're set up right now, literally anything we do is bad. It's going to be we bad. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Thank you for reminding me. That's what I was going to say. Let me just say, your religion is fucked when there are only four maesters and one of them was an asshole at um, Operation Meehan who didn't give a fuck. The other one is literally evil. Like, Seymour is, like, evil incarnate. And the third one is letting this dead evil thing walk around. That's three of the four. So I feel like when three of your four religious leaders are that bad, your religion's probably really bad. And I am now no longer <laughs> questioning why Yevon doesn't give a fuck about summoners dying and why Yevon doesn't give a fuck about the place being destroyed by sin. Because overall, it sounds like your religion is really shitty when the four maesters in charge, out of the four maesters in charge, the three that we've, the two that we've met... And the one where uh, I'm assuming about to meet are all trash. So fuck the maesters <laughs> and fuck Yevon. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to the... I don't even remember which episode this is of our uh, JRPG club. But thank you guys for listening I and checking us out. Is it, I, I believe it's four. So I'm going to go ahead and say four. Thank yeah. you for listening to the fourth yeah. episode of our JRPG club. Thank you, uh, Job and Steph and Brandon and, of course, David, who unfortunately had to hop out. Uh, thank you guys for joining me for another episode. It's always great to talk about these things. I love going into details. I love hearing who you love and how you're taking the story. It's still one of my favorite Final Fantasy 
two games of all time. We don't know what the next stopping point is yet, but it will be tweeted out on our Twitter at critical underscore HP. We'll also probably have a post on our Facebook group as well at our Facebook page, as well as our Instagram, as well as my personal Twitter. So uh, definitely check it out there. We will definitely let you know as well. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, please do so because our, our uh, JRPG club is always a part of our newsletter under our podcast and um, streams portion. Uh, so please definitely sign up for that as well as our monthly tournament is there as well as uh, some other things that we used to, con- uh, to support and contribute towards. So definitely do that. Um, we also have, if you guys haven't heard, we are also partnered with Grindy Coffee Co., which is a Black LGBT-owned coffee business um, that helps support others who other uh, people who create coffee and who grow coffee for for them. And we do get a little bit of help and commission from there as well. So if you use code HPCritical, you can get 13% off of your coffee purchase. They also have K-Cups for those of you who have um, Keurig coffee. Uh, we also have a Patreon as well. There's a lot. I know. We also have a Patreon Woo! as well. Yes. If you go to uh, patreon.com slash HPCritical, you can become a Patreon. Special thank you to Stephanie, who's on this podcast, who's also a yes. uh, Patreon member, who, uh, for all of you who have received those wonderful bracelets that I see you guys wearing in your uh twitter and instagram pictures she is the creator of all of those so thank you so much stephanie for you guys are gonna love this one yeah it's beautiful it's so beautiful i love it myself it's so beautiful um i'm about to become a patreon member myself because i want it it's gorgeous um so thank you stephanie like special shout out to you thank you so much for doing that and thank you as well for being a part of our jrpg club and um hanging out with us and you know giving us your insight as you know uh, a female gamer and it's your first time playing a jrpg i know it can be tough but i really appreciate you for you know catching up and hanging out with us and giving us your insight because it really does provide something for the three of us guys that you know we're not used to and i know that a lot of our listeners also love hearing your portion as well so i cannot thank you enough just thank you so much for that and also special thank you to our patreon members belinda brianna clarence grayson job who's also here who's also awesome thank you uh john chris (laughs) ruth shania steph who've already mentioned thank you tamia uh tia and toy and i think that's everyone um I believe that's everyone. I, we might have gotten a new one. We did. Fabian. I almost forgot. And Fabian. Fabian. <laughs> Fabian. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for uh, becoming Patreons. You uh, make it possible for us to continue to do what we love. You guys are all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and like I mentioned, we're, we also have our streams. So check us out at twitch.tv such hpcritical where Brandon does play through his portion of the story for Final Fantasy X uh, up to the stopping point, um, which will be out when we have our next uh pod our stream schedule up on the website hpcritical.com so definitely check out hpcritical.com as well and you can check out our stream we're also twitch affiliated so you can definitely come and subscribe if you want it would be awesome um thank you brandon as well for doing all of that and uh thanks everybody and i have no more to say because i keep talking so we will see you all next time bye everybody see ya bye bye